0: Hey everyone, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurion. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm
1: great. How are you, Pastor Tim Wright? I,
0: I'm very good. It, it, it is, uh, we're recording today. It is Father's Day weekend as we are recording. Uh, it's going. It was 118 degrees here in Phoenix yesterday, uh, and I got up this morning at 5 in the morning for my bike ride. It was 90 degrees, so um, I'm wow. guessing it's probably a little nicer up there in Spokane.
1: Yeah, in Spokane, we're going to get to 85 today, Um, uh, and our overnight lows are about 50. We are having, though, the same heat wave. It's just that up here, you know, it's not as high in terms of temperature, but we're about 20 degrees higher than we should be in June, Yeah, Yeah. so it is weird.
0: It's miserable, yeah. But today, by the way, I didn't tell you this before we went on air, today I am officially celebrating my 41st anniversary of fatherhood. Oh my gosh. Yeah, isn't that something? wow yeah
1: congratulations you
0: would think that between us we'd have some wisdom to share and we should do a podcast <laughs> together so maybe we should do that today <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so we want to welcome everyone to the wonder of parenting podcast and uh, we uh, are, are going to be uh, looking at a question that came from one of our listeners here in just a moment which is a good one for the summer and uh, this will be airing sometime in, in early july and there's a lot of summer left uh, and the, the basically the topic's going to be how, how do we use summer Uh, How do we help our kids uh, keep their brains working? Uh, How do we help them keep some routines up and at the same time recognize this is vacation time? So we'll talk a little bit about that. But I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our sponsors, our longtime sponsor, uh, Greg Jantz, and the great people up there at the Center Place of Hope. And they do such outstanding work. We say this podcast after podcast, if you ever need a deep dive into some challenges in your life or the lives of others, that's a great place to start. And Greg has written a number of wonderful books, one a year. So there's some kind of resource available for you. You can go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and you'll find the link to the Center of Place of Hope, and we hope you'll check them out, along with our other sponsor, The Forge School. Take it away, Michael.
1: Yep, The Forge School. That's in Benton, Tennessee. It's for uh, boys 14 to 17, so teen boys who are struggling. Uh, it's residential treatment, so ha- helps boys, trauma, also OCD, various brain disorders. I mean, it's across the board. It's boys who are struggling, um, uh, the Ford school it's on com, So you can just click right to it there and, and read their website. I've been out there numerous times. I'm consulting with them and they have created a, a boy friendly school and a boy friendly treatment program. So they really get boys, um, I, I highly recommend them. The Ford School on com.
0: So, Michael, you, you and are, I are both of an age. We're both about the same age. Uh, where, um, for us, summer vacation um, pretty much was summer vacation. I, we used to get three months off for, from school. Mm-hmm. And if we did summer school, uh, it wasn't so much... Um, you know, school work. It was more fun kind of stuff. It might be an art class. It might be a music class. Uh, and there were some classes that were offered for kids who needed to get caught up. Um, but here in Arizona, our summer vacation times are shorter—maybe uh, two months—and we're back at it. Uh, and I know that that parents are concerned uh, about making sure that their their kids are staying uh, mentally challenged during the summer period. They want to keep some routines, but at the same time, this is vacation. These are kids. So uh, as you're thinking about from a brain science perspective, uh, what are some things initially that come to your mind when you think about making summer vacation summer vacation for our kids? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, it's such a great question. Um, I, from a brain science perspective, my interpretation of summer vacation would be that we really ought to, ought to have year-round schooling. Um, I I know that sounds draconian I'm going to flesh that out Uh, but our uh, the vacation thing that got set up as we probably all know because of farming schedules and because of all sorts of other economic things that that set that up but for the learning brain uh, and for child development I, I actually think it would be better to look at you know like I think some districts in Arizona actually do this, where they where they have "quote unquote" year round schooling, so they have three four weeks off mm-hmm. around the Christmas season, and then three four weeks off in the summer, but not two to two and a half months in the summer. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. And there, and for everyone listening, where they do have two and a half months in the summer, that's sort of philosophical in saying that I don't think there's anything wrong with schooling kids during the summer Um, uh, it's just going to not be as as deep as during the school year because teachers won't be involved but but from that brain science perspective it's good for parents and extended family to be thinking about how to use summer for education and uh, that doesn't mean they won't go on a two-week family vacation somewhere. Of course they will. Of course, vacation is vacation. Got to have it. It's really renewing for the soul and for the family. So got to have that. But two and a half months not needed. And um, and so therefore, I would love to see um, I would love to see people philosophically move toward the concept of using the summer vacation that way. And I would double down on that post-COVID. I think there are so many kids who are behind. Uh, because of COVID learning and online learning, that this summer especially is a time to, to, to use the summer to, to get organized, which is our kind of our topic today, to use the summer to philosophically say, let's do more teaching and more learning do, during the summer. So that would be the first thing I say before we get more practical. So that's,
0: that's really interesting. I, I was in Australia, been there several times, and they have sort of a, a, a type of your own school, uh, and when I first heard they had year-round school, I thought, "Well, that's horrible. That's just terrible for the students." And then I found out, well, actually, they get a two-week break here, mm-hmm. they get a three-week week break here, and then I think the longest they go is maybe six-week break um, in some of those areas, and it might be shorter for others. And the theory behind that is that um, you know if kids are taking three full months off from school. Uh, it takes so long in the fall for teachers to get them caught up again to mm-hmm. kind of relearn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I had that experience actually when I was in seminary studying to be a pastor. I took a summer course uh, in Hebrew, and so mm. I took a year-long Hebrew course in two months. And uh, so we were just cramming; it was all day. Uh, and uh, but then I took a just a month off, and then one of my first classes back after that was. Uh, where we actually were using Hebrew, not English, but Hebrew language Bible, I'd forgotten almost everything. Mm. So I I, I kind of get it, and yet uh, I know that you're also an advocate that the brain needs a change of pace, the brain needs rest. So I'm, I, uh, th- this is going to take us off track just a little bit, but if you created the ideal year-round school, what, in, in big chunks, what would it look like? You'd be in how many weeks, off how many weeks, on how many weeks off? How many weeks? How would that
1: work? Uh, I would take. I would just think of it in terms of there's 52 weeks uh, that there will be three or four breaks, and there'll be two to three week breaks, and one of them maybe a, a month break, uh, and that would use up the 52 weeks of the year. So that we're thinking of it as so that we're getting rid of the long break as you've just described we're getting rid of the summer um the long summer break but it could be 4 or 5 weeks long mm-hmm. you know so the whole month of july let's say could be or um mid july to mid august uh or you know in the us we have july 4th so it's convenient to sort of say july 1 to say august 5 uh is a 4 to 5 week that would be the longest But Christmas break, you know, or or turn of the year break would be around three weeks, and then there'd be a spring break of around two weeks, um, and there might be a fall break of about a week. Uh, That's how that's how I would do it. That would be the ideal school. We got to get rid of this two and a half month break.
0: Mm Hmm. Um. And and uh, so so uh, can can give me give us an estimate of how many weeks out of fifty two you think kids should be in school? Forty.
1: Oh, uh, well. Now I have to add it up. So yeah, yeah. So let's say we take two, three, four. That's uh, I'm doing it in my head. That's so ten weeks. Yeah. So let's say they get ten weeks off. They're forty two weeks on. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah.
0: So so a, a lot of school districts don't run that way, and getting them there is going to take a while. Although you know, in the time I've been here in Phoenix uh, for thirty almost forty years, slowly but surely they've been moving to that model. Right. It used to be a three month summer vacation now we're down to two uh, and every year it seems like that summer or the, the fall begins just a week earlier so I think they're creeping that way mm. but for, for for many of our parents who, who don't have that option what are some uh, some innovative ways that they can help keep the brain stimulated, Change the pace without it making kids feel like you're ruining my whole summer vacation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, part of part of it. The reason I began philosophically is that the parents have to explain it to kids philosophically. Uh, you know, I, they have to say, "I um, uh, I've lost this is you. I can't." Where hear we're you. at, um, and and so once they've explained it, then they can start plotting it out. So they'll plot out the um, uh, Are we going to use the mornings? And, and first we plot out when the vacations are going to be. So there are going to be two weeks or three weeks of vacation uh, that our family will go on, let's say. So those get plotted and pre-planned. And then the rest of the weeks, um, there's a system set up, a schedule set up for um, perhaps it's, let's take a 12. Let's say the family has a 12-year-old. Um, uh, maybe that 12-year-old sleeps till 8, uh, right and then gets up and then so maybe from nine to to noon is going to be some some work some schooling and that could include kinesthetic experiential stuff with grandma or grandpa learning a skill that can be included and um, and, and then in the afternoon is m- more playtime I w- I would say something like that not all day schooling but at least half day
0: Okay, so so again, your your whole point is to uh, somehow, in some way, during these longer breaks, keep the kids mentally, emotionally, physically, of course, but mentally engaged, learning something, keeping the habit of learning up.
1: Yeah, keep the habit of learning up while also learning great things, while having all the relationships that you form when you're learning um, with an extended family member, with with a parent if they're available, with. uh, with a pod with another group of parents and kids, you know, it, cause it all kind of, once people decide to do this, it starts working out. They reach out to other parents and then, and okay, so you're not working on this day. Can you be teaching a math? You know? So it's like a homeschooling kind of thing that they work out as a, as four or five families together. Um, cause the kids are already going to play with each other, right? They're already friends. So mm-hmm. then they, they work a pod out and plan plot out a schedule Uh, it's about that. It's definitely not about, let's do six hours a day of schooling. It's more about, we're always learning. We're going to help you keep your skills up. Like, like math, let's say a child, this 12 year old is not really very good at math and is behind in math. Well, so part of that morning schooling is going to be math, right? Because we're going to keep that brain going with math, trying to learn math better, uh, different ways of teaching that child math that could include some online stimulant, you know, some websites, um, That that's that's what it's about. So it's also about the relationships. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not just about uh, it's not draconian. It's not just you have to sit here for three hours alone learning. It's it's a a different pace of learning, but it's learning with relationships.
0: Okay, and then what about um, uh, how important is it to keep up? Routines. We'll get we'll get to sort of the brain breaks here in a minute, but routines uh, because during the the uh, school year uh, you generally have routines. You know you've got to go to bed at a certain time because you got to be up for school. That kind of goes out the window uh, a little bit when you're in vacation mode. Uh, you might stay up until 10, 11 o'clock at night and sleep in until. 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, is that okay to relax routines or is it helpful to keep some routines throughout the summer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great to have some relaxation uh, and it's of the routines. And I think it's great to keep some. And I think that the, the, uh, the trigger or the angle for this is going to be what's convenient for the parents. What's mm. convenient for the parents. So if there's availability of a parent to help, do some homeschooling in the morning, let's say, then that's going to control that routine of when the schooling would happen. Um, if there's a parent available in the afternoon, but not in the morning, then maybe it moves to the afternoon, you know? So it's the avail, I, the parents should make the schedule based on their availability and, and and the availability of the people in the pod that they form, the group that they form, or however they do it. I, I really think they should, they should realize that they as parents have the right to set up those routines to work for them because of course they're economically right they're working so right uh, and that and that's we have to remember that's another burden Mm -hmm. that summer vacation has has created um it's a great renewal for the teachers so the teachers who who don't work during the summer if they're non-admin if they're you know, teachers, math teachers, etc. they might get two months of the summer off. Now they're still plotting and planning. They're yep. still doing some work, but, but yeah, they, they're not maybe going to the classroom two months. And so that's neat for them, absolutely. And we hate to take that away from them. But at the same time, it created a big burden for parents because now the parents for two to two and a half months have to figure out how to supervise with these kids. So uh, I think that if we do the schooling in the summer, at least a half day of schooling in the summer, and we put it around the parent's schedule. This also helps the parents. Uh, they know what that child is going to be doing for that three hours, let's say. They have a routine set up. The child will adhere to the routine, and you know, and it is only three hours every morning, let's say. It's not really a huge burden, um, and you know, and the family works it out because they say this is how our family runs. This is what we're going to do. Um, we do it, and in the, I think in the end, both the parents and the kids. After a month of doing this, we'll find that they really actually like it. Mm-hmm. The parents like it because they've got some better organization uh, to their days while working, and the kids actually like it because they're learning and they're forming relationships with others while learning, um, and they don't have all that sort of idle time. And, and now the parents, you know, they're not worried that if it's a boy, he's just playing video games six hours a day, you know, um, uh, and they can organize. Uh, they can organize also now that. Afternoons, maybe not in Phoenix, but you know other places. Afternoons, they can be out getting exercise, uh, so they can r- routinize, ritualize exercise. Uh, make sure these kids are getting two hours of exercise. And you, you made the thing about when you and I were kids. One of the, that's you're right. Another big difference is a lot of our summer vacations were spent in outdoor learning, in yep. nature learning, and yep. in in exercise. And um, and that's underutilized in summer vacations now. I think. Because so much is kids are doing so much, you know, online. So even pre-COVID, I mean, a lot of kids are not getting enough time outdoors in Mm -hmm. the summer or getting exercise, indoor sports. So that, I think, should be ritualized that, okay, this is your two hours a day. You're going to go out and play. Um, You're going to get you got to get at least two hours of exercise a day, kids. So we'll ritualize that for you. And that can also go in this ritual. So
0: l- let's talk a little bit about some of those uh, things, like uh, summer league sports, or the um, you know these these day camps, camps. Yep. Uh, yep. That uh, you know focus on you know it might be art or it might be music. We're doing a, a music camp at our church in July. Uh, mm-hmm. Do those in your mind um, do those play a similar role to a more formalized education?
1: They do. Yeah. Camps are great. I was so sad that last year camps couldn't exist in so many places, but this year I think most camps are existing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and kids can go back to camp and absolutely camps are are very important. My kids, my kids went to camp, various different camps. They went, (laughs) this is kind of a joke among us, but they went to Jew camp for, (laughs) 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 I I know it sounds weird, but there's a, on the coast, we live in Spokane, Washington, 300 miles away. There's a a well-known camp for Jewish kids where they learn part of the day they're learning Hebrew, they're learning, you know, they're learning. And then, you know, the rest of the day they're out on the water kayaking and, and doing mm. things. And so mm-hmm. we just, for shorthand, our community called it Jew Camp because uh, it is it is Camp Sol- Solomon Schechter for Jewish kids. Uh, so, you know, so there's religious camps. There's there's all these ways, and all of these camps keep the kids busy with learning and with yeah. outdoors. And that's, so uh, they do satisfy. For that month that they're at camp, yes, that, that can satisfy what we're talking about.
0: So then let's talk about um, vacation is meant to be vacation, uh, and uh, some of us, as adults, have not really learned that vacation is for vacation. We, you know, we bring our laptops, we bring our work with us, and we never get brain breaks. But we know it's really, really important for our kids. So, in the scheme of a summer, um, whether families go somewhere or they do a staycation, uh, what are what would you recommend to do so that you sort of have a week or two, whatever amount it is you think is good, where you just don't do anything that's necessarily learning based you just let kids be kids for a couple weeks what what's the benefit of that and and how might you envision that
1: yeah it's absolutely beneficial no doubt about it um uh, we talk about it beneficial for the brain let's say and that's a great context because when when we let's say it's a two-week vacation and um uh i'll pick so we used to take i think four times four summers when our kids were growing up we went to hawaii Mm-hmm. where where i was born and where i had lived as a kid and so we went to hawaii so that was an 11 day vacation incredibly costly so i'm not saying everyone should do it that's why we could only do it a few times but so we went to hawaii so when we went to hawaii that is part of it the brain goes somewhere else right it it's our family is going somewhere else we're getting different stimulation than if we stay home um and that somewhere else pulls on us to do activities together uh, swimming, hiking, you know, all these activities that use up part of our day and that use up part of our kids' day. And that stimulation is great for them, different activities than they would do normally. They're learning all sorts of things. The bonding is great, you know. And, and the o- only thing we had to concentrate on was um, getting rid of the devices. So, mm-hmm. so we had to make sure that um, we were not on our devices for certain periods of time. Now, when we went for ten, eleven days, I I had to um, do some work in the mornings. Uh, I, I I couldn't get away from it, so I set up the mornings, and Gail took the kids to do something fun, and then I was devices were shut off the rest of the day. So, I mean, that's reasonable. There's someone in the family who's working and can't can't take twelve yep. days off. Sure, that's reasonable, but it still ought to be ritualized so that you're only on those devices a little bit of your vacation days and for your kids pretty much not at all. Um, you know, if they're older, they're going to want to check in with friends, et cetera. So maybe five to 6 PM, you know, but, but the family works that out or maybe, you know, maybe it's four to 7 PM, whatever it is, but the family works it out so that most of that vacation is not on devices. So if you go somewhere else and you get rid of devices, the whole thing takes care of itself. Right. Um, if, if it's a staycation, which which sometimes has to be, if it's a staycation, then okay, but still practice doing activities that you would not do otherwise, maybe games, maybe whatever it would be, and still practice getting off the devices for most of the day of the staycation. And then the staycation will feed the brain in new and wonderful ways. But if we go on vacation and everyone's on devices all day, that, you know, that I don't think is a good idea. Right.
2: Get fifteen percent off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe dot com slash easy that's s k y l i g h t f r a m e dot com slash easy get fifteen percent off your mother's day purchase now at skylightframe dot com slash easy
0: right and it even you know with staycations which i've done a few in my life. Um, just getting out of the house and going even to walk a shopping mall and not mm-hmm. you know not spend money or you know get an ice cream cone whatever just to do something that changes the environment uh, as you said sort of takes care of itself um, although you know when you do staycation you're you're, you're kind of home so after a while it's like you are home mm-hmm. um, is it okay uh, to build in say okay no devices uh, but tonight pizza movie night um, right you know to just sort of but but it's an intentional family together uh, event versus everybody on their own devices doing nothing
1: yeah yeah there's you're right there's a difference between devices and 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 digital the TV is digital but but the movie is is digital but I'm not counting it because okay. that's you're doing a family night uh, and you're sure you're watching a screen. Uh, the devices that I primarily mean, you know, as people can imagine, are our smartphones, cell phones, yep. computers. Um, uh, but yeah, I love uh, we love doing that. It was so renewing and so fun. And we would laugh together, you know, with our kids when we watched movies together. So d- definitely, I think that creates a sort of activity that that has what you want from vacation, which is your bonding with each other and, um, you're laughing together and you're, you know, breaking bread together. And so, yeah, I I would say we don't want to cut that out.
0: And, and then, uh, this may seem like an obvious question, but the reason I'm asking it is because of, we just talked about how important it is for the brain to take a break, um, learning vacations. Uh, so when we, uh, we took our kids on what we call the see America tour and we, we toured Mm -hmm. the East coast and we went to the various, Uh, sites for the American Revolutionary War and so on and so forth. Uh, I think my kids were a little too young for it. But um, are those things beneficial um, Mm. as long as the kids are interested? Or uh, do they just sort of say, man, that was like being in school?
1: Yeah, there's there's really no way to preempt some of that because it depends on the child. You know, if a child's really mad at the parents, they're going to hate everything that everyone does and so on. But it's still a good idea to go... On things like you described, there's still a good idea, even though there may be some grumbling, Um, like kids going to Washington, D.C. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, you can spend you that that's a one week vacation, let's say, and it's a learning vacation and it's so moving, you know, and Mm -hmm. for people in other countries, obviously their capitals have these same moving moments where where despite themselves, the kids are moved, you know, and touched and um, and they're learning a lot but it still feels like vacation. Yeah. I'm a big supporter of those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was fortunate in my life when I was a kid that we had um, sort of a mishmash of those kinds of things. Some vacations, we wouldn't go far from home and we didn't do much except just hang out. Um, Mm -hmm. Other vacations were a little bit more learning based uh, or traveling as many do getting in the car and traveling to see family we hadn't seen for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, I can I can still, as we're talking about it in my mind, remember moments from a lot of those vacations. So we know they're really important. Uh, what I find really intriguing from you is uh, how, how crucial it is to have good balance between learning moments during a summer vacation and uh, the brain break moments or the vacation time. And it, it can sometimes be sort of a delicate balance, can't it? Um, because I, I know, like for my my grandson, who's got some learning challenges, a couple summers ago, um, he, he spent most of his summer, uh, you know, just trying to get caught up. And he, he actually started to regret, uh, uh, to, um, uh, to resent it after a while, because mm-hmm. he just went from school into tutoring back into school. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of that fine line of, of really, you, your kids need to stay up to speed, but they also need their breaks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And if it's preset, if, if we say to these kids, this is the way it's going to be, but remember, you know, but remember, remember that your afternoons and everything are for your, are for yourself. And then also remember that we're going to go on this two or this three week vacation. Yep. Um, it's such and such, you know, and, and they kind of build toward that. So they're still doing their work. They're still doing their catch up, but they know that when we go on this vacation um, as a family, i'm not going to be doing my math all day or every day and and that's good it's good that they can project forward and see oh that's the light at the end of the tunnel you know i'm not i'm not going to have to learn then um and and uh and they won't learn via books but even on that vacation they'll learn something it just will it will be out of the routine of the learning and they'll look forward to that uh uh And again, it's, I'm going to circle back and end with that. It's philosophical. The parents in a way have to set this up with their kids philosophically and explain to their kids that the two and a half months is artificial, that it's not, it's, Mm. it's very new, right? It's a very artificial thing for kids to get two and a half months off in the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is it? Less than a hundred years old. Mm -hmm. I, I think less than that 80 years old. So it's a very artificial thing. And, um, and if they just work on their kids from when their kids are young, explaining to them that, you know, it's artificial and this is what we do in our family and we do it with these other families who are in this pod, I, their kids get used to it pretty quickly.
0: And there are some great resources online now that make learning fun and engaging, um, which is is a lot of the battle for some of these kids. They To create in them this love for learning and each kid's going to be different. And they're going to love different things and, and, uh, you know, just to know your child and, and then key in on what's the best way that they learn. So we'll be talking more about that right. in podcasts to come as well. Uh, Michael, as always, thank you. Oh, you too. I guess my big thing, especially living here in Phoenix, remember to wear your sunscreen whenever you go out mm. and stay safe and stay hydrated. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, next time when we get together, we're going to talk about a question that comes up over and over again. And that's about little boy behavior, toddler boy behavior, Um, but we have a question that sort of asks it from a different perspective. So I thought it'd be interesting to bring that up again next week. So Michael, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms?